Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Cybersecurity Recruiter Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Haseeb Dadaboy. Uh, I'm going to do, first of all, Haseeb, how are you doing? Good. <laughs> Good as can be. Good. Welcome welcome to the show. I'm just going to give Haseeb a bit of an intro. So back in 2006, Haseeb started off at IBC Bank as a technical support specialist. He was there for almost a year and a half. Then he moved on to LAN Intelligent, where he was a systems and network controller. He then moved on uh, in 2008 to Cyrus One, where he was a junior Windows admin. And then he was part of the Veterans Evaluation Services, where he was a network engineer and systems engineer for three years. At present, he's holding two posts simultaneously. So he's the Vice President of Engineering at Fulcrum Technology Solutions. He's been in that role for over a decade. And he is also the co-founder of Bully AI, which is an AI-enabled SEM. Haseeb, welcome to the show. And uh, yeah, thanks for joining us. How are you feeling? I'm oh, feeling good. No, not too shabby. Thanks for the nice intro. No, no worries at all, my friend. It's I always like to do everyone on an on an intro, but I can never think I can do it as as well as you. And if you don't mind telling me and the listeners who you are and what you get up to on a day to day basis, career wise, that would be a nice place to start. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, a quick gist of things: I solve problems. Really, when I I've been in consulting in the consulting arena for over ten years, and that's really the gist of consulting is solving client problems. I've been doing. IT for a very long time. I started up from the ground. I started off from the help desk and worked my way up. And I went, did infrastructure for a while, got bored there, went to networking, did that for a while, and then pivoted into security. In the security space, Fulcrum, I started up the offensive security and the incident response programs. And yeah, followed my journey through where I am today. Cool. Thank you, mate. Did come in, did having that kind of quite fairly traditional like networking background, network admin, did that really help later on when you went to to set up the IR and the offensive set for Fulcrum? Were were those skills useful? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think that you really have to have an understanding of infrastructure and networking. you got to understand what you're protecting. And that's a lot of the senior level security consultants that I hired. It's something that I look for, actually. Having the experience and been through knowing virtualization, how email works, how some of those cloud apps work, how the, they have to understand that so they can understand how admins interact in the environments, how all of that goes into how you secure. It, it, each environment is very different. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think especially with, like, there's a lot of, like, hype around offensive security and threat hunting and stuff like that. And I think it's probably quite easy for people to try and maybe, especially with social media and stuff these days, to, to jump ahead and stuff like that. So, yeah, I think having that foundational knowledge is is essential. I'd, I'd agree, mate, definitely. I just want to jump on to Bully. I know sure. you're the, you, yeah, I know you're the co-founder there. Can you Can you tell me a bit about, Bully, what problems the organization aims to solve and, uh, and what it's all about? Yeah, yeah. So we've been implementing STEM solutions for other orgs on top for a very long time. You can buy Splunk, but you still got to buy ES or build another SIM on top of it. Like we've been doing that kind of work forever for organizations. So every time 
a couple of guys from the office and I would get together and we would always be talking about different solutions. It always end up that we want to build a, after, at the end of it, it'd be like, oh, so we're building a sim. About four years ago, we got in a room and we decided to just do it. We've been met playing with a, a, a platform called Elasticsearch that was open sourced yeah. for, for a while. And we were like, we can build something on top of this. We think a big data platform, the idea is we're starting with the sim, but no limitations that we can pivot into, we can consume any num any number of data sets and we can then pivot into other arenas around big data. But the SIM is the use case that we're trying to solve for right now. And we pretty much can, we what we try to do is make it easy. Uh, what we find is most SIMs are complex, right? We can take teams to just manage the infrastructure, data pipeline, all of that stuff takes some work. So what we did is try to create a platform where we handle all of that for the client, right? Pretty much. End to end, and they can just consume the product, right? They can be, if they have their own SOC, they can then use the SIM to do their security uh, analysis and sec uh, security operational work. Or we have our own MSSP. So if they don't have a SOC, they can outsource it to us. So we have those both options, but we wanted to make it easy to consume, just get started and run with it and not worry about the infrastructure management piece of it. Yeah, very complimentary. Very, with the two businesses, really complimentary. Yeah, I get that. So basically, you were like, hang on a minute, we're doing this. Anyway, we might as well actually just build it and go to market, basically, yeah? That, yeah, that yeah. <laughs> we started off with one, <laughs> one of the guys that took it on and started becoming the head developer and then just rolled on from there. We got a few clients that they said they would be interested in being our development partner. And from there, we had something and people liked what they, what they saw. Yeah, we're still pretty much a startup and we're maturing and taking it to market. I think we're doing some pretty cool stuff with the sim and the ability to just like call us and go. We don't hide you in other platforms. They hide their data. We give full access to the client, to the data, to be able to search it, create dashboard visualizations. And it's pretty much like you, yeah, we set it all up and you're good to go and we handle the rest. Cool, mate. Cool. Yeah. And what are the growth plans as I see, is it going to be over the coming years? Is there, have you planned it all out or is it just a growth plans in your mind? What, 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 what's happening there? Yeah, we haven't full on taken it to market yet. So in the next year or two, we are planning to start start marketing it and establishing more channel relationships with the product and hopefully spread out nationally across over time, but taking it one step at a time. Cool. Yeah, but look, listen, by the way, it, it, for everyone listening, it's cool. Conversations I've had in relation to Bruno, like guys like, yeah, that, that's cool. Like it is, it's, I feel like it's a hot spot. I think the whole threat hunting thing, it's, it excites me. So it must excite yeah. you guys doing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of one of the things that we do out the box is we correlate identities, right? So we track identities of people and assets over over time, and then we correlate that uh, all the alerts that we're generating or events, even right? It could be just a timeline of events that tie back to people, so then we can tell a story about the risk of the asset or user. So we're not just chasing individual alerts; we're being more strategic about the resources we have. So, so is that the AI bit, essentially? There's an AI overlay uh, on top of that, that we are doing yeah. some uh, use case development with specific use cases with AI. We're also looking to leverage the new hotness, right? The LLMs to do some natural language processing around asking our platform questions and it being able to return queries without you knowing the query language or creating alerts or reports, stuff like that. There's a number of use cases that we're still I I ideating internally. Cool. Thank you, mate. That's the cool thing mate. about having a bunch of nerds hanging around a desk. We come up with <laughs> all kinds of nifty ideas. 
Yeah, so if I remember this right, is there about 10 of you that, that kind of get your heads together on, on Brewery? If I remember that right. That's right, yeah. 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 So what, is that kind of meetups or just stuff just naturally happen in the day or how does that work? As far as how do we get started or how do we work yeah, with it right now? Yeah, just when, yeah, when you're interacting and thinking of ideas and stuff like that, do you, do you kind of set it out or is it quite kind of organic? Or I think I would say it's more organic as we like, on the consultant side, we have, this is a separate company, right? So we have mm-hmm. our own developers there. But as we, we also, a few of us also still do consulting. As we solve problems in different environments, we come up with ideas and we try to bring them into the platform mm-hmm. to help cool. make the platform better from what cool. we've seen work in other places. Cool. Thank you, mate. I see, but I know, I know we I jumped ahead a bit when I, as I spoke about, I know you've got a really strong networking background. I know you've said that knowledge is really helped you progress in your career. If I'm sat here now thinking, look, what Asib says sounds great. I get it. The network, the networking background makes sense. But if I'm sat here and I've got a bit of imposter syndrome because I perhaps haven't had the background you've had, and maybe I've even progressed into a fairly senior position in a boom market or something like that from 2021 and 2022, and I'm feeling a bit uh, imposter syndrome, what's the best way to up my game around those skills that you refined over a long time? Any tips and hints there for the listeners? Do some self-evaluation, right? See where you're weak. If you don't understand networking to the degree or virtualization, whatever that may be, application security, you don't understand application stacks. Really, it's about understanding fundamentals. Mm. Go try to at least get the fundamentals down, and that will help you where you peel back the layers of different things, help you understand what's actually going on under the covers. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think like you say, it's just a case of embracing it, even if it doesn't feel comfortable, even if it doesn't feel good. I think like you say, it's a case of just facing these things head on in the age of the internet, all the information's out there. It's just a case of, like there's really, so much training material on the internet. There's so there, much. You can literally is. go on YouTube and learn some of this stuff. Right? Come on. <laughs> it's there. I spoke to a kind of mid-level uh, hacker the other day and he'd never heard of Portswigger Web Academy. I was like stunned. I was like, you're about to get lost for about a month solid and never speak to anyone. <laughs> yeah, how do you even do web app security? <laughs> how are you doing web app pen tests without? That's the standard tool. <laughs> I was just like, what? Like that is just like, and it's free. It's the best and it's free. But yeah, cool. For everyone listening, this is podcasting in the post COVID era, and we've we've just had to switch switch rooms. So me and Asi have just been having a little bit of a laugh off air, just so so everyone knows. But so we've probably lost a little bit of momentum there. So I'll just reiterate the the, the question. So you've been VP look for, for over a decade. You've cre- no, I've been oh, VP yeah? okay. for probably oh, about two years. Yeah, I've been. Right. I actually started off on the network side. Network they they hired me as a network consultant, and I quickly pivoted to security now i was a security consultant and then i ran the security team for a number of years and then just recently about probably a year they promoted me to the vp of engineering when my boss robin smith he got elevated to president so i, I took his role yeah cool cool yes yeah. so you've been at fulcrum for over a decade and progressed progressed really well you're now at vp level you're also a co-founder i'm imagining over the last kind of five years is probably been quite a steep learning curve for you there's been a lot clearly there's been a lot of progression what do you know now that you wish you knew five years ago for the people listening that could help that's that's a tough one i don't, I don't know every day is evolving right you're always trying to mm-hmm. for me anyways i'm trying to pick up something new learn something it's about the journey right so what would i, I don't know i think quite happy with my journey so far i 
try not to, when I do reflect, but I, don't, I try not to look back and say, I shouldn't have done that because it's part of the journey that you learn from mm-hmm. those mistakes. If I don't make mm-hmm. those mistakes or yeah. they may not be even mistakes, but if I don't, you get what I'm saying? I do. I do. I do. And, and look, I, I really agree because sometimes I, we have chats internally and Will said, oh, look, we got that wrong two or three times before we got it. And the words you used then were, it's part of the journey. And it is. That's what experience is. If everyone could just go to the right thing straight away or do the right thing every time, everyone would be hyper successful in a year or two. And let's say it just doesn't it just doesn't work like that. It is all just part and parcel of the, the journey. And, and let's say that, that's ultimately what experience is. And it's just having the, the willpower and the mindset to, to keep going and, 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 and let's say, yeah, embrace it as part of the journey. So yeah, no, I do get what you mean, my friend. I do get it. Um, in terms of communication skills and stuff like that, I know working on a, on a consultancy basis, they're always top priority. I know conversations we've had off air, we always talk about making sure people's communication skills are strong. Um, have you got any tips or hints for people that struggle with communication and, and how they can potentially improve? You got to take the biggest one will be tailored the conversation to the audience. So you can't speak the same way, depending on who you're talking to and being clear and concise. Sometimes I also mentor my guys, pick up the phone. And sometimes you guys are saying the same thing, similar things in different ways. But you, if you pick up the phone, you get on the common page. That's one of the things that being a remote has taken away is the human interaction piece of it, where you can where you're face to face with people and you can whiteboard easily and the ideas spark a little faster, right? So b- bullet points, things be very clear and concise in the way you communicate. And then tailor your communication based on your audience. Uh, you can't com- communicate with the executive teams or management teams the same way you do with technical resources, right? Just yeah. know your audience. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And but by the way, just so you know, that kind of that that clear, concise communication that a- anyone I speak to at your seniority level, uh, uh, the more senior you get, I find that people just they just want you to get to the point <laughs> like like they're, they're they're busy they're, they're spinning lots of plates yeah i agree so just to summarize for the listeners tailor the communication to your audience you probably don't speak to someone that you get on really well at work as on the same level as you the same way as you would to to a, a highly senior end client be clear and concise bullet point and yeah, just be aware of, of who you're communicating with. I think the remote piece as well, it's, it's one of the reasons I wanted to do the podcast because what I worry about is, especially at the junior end, like when I was a, a junior in what I do, and when you, you were a junior, we, we were learning via osmosis. We were learning via being next to the guy or girl that had been in the game for 10 years longer than us. And I worry that juniors are missing out on that now. And I think that's why podcasts and and learning materials. So oh, yeah, important, absolutely. I'll just go walk over to someone's desk and start chatting about some of the things that I was running up against. And we would go every day. You would probably spend a few minutes here and there. You pick up things. Uh, mm. You don't get those water cooler talk, right? Yeah, I've heard that before. Is there any kind of internal communication tips that you've got for remote working? I know there's the chap, Andrew, from Breakpoint Labs, that they literally keep their Zoom on. They have their Zoom on, like, loads during specific hours so the communication can flow is there any methods that that you guys at fulcrum have got that you do to make remote working more cohesive and better we have some of that we had those devices i think they're those zoom devices which you can turn on work while you have those on so we have the our managed services side that that use use that pretty heavily to keep in constant communication 
with the overall team. With the consulting is a little harder because they're up and about quite a bit. However, we do try to get to get team building is very important. So I do, we do try to get the teams together as a whole, at least like once a year, once or twice a year. But we also have the breakouts between the teams themselves to go do something together, like in person, if possible, go have a little fun together, build some rapport so that you can then, that helps the remote interaction. Once you've built that relationship with your own team members, you start to mend together like a family, right? You spend a lot of time with, you spend the most time at work, right? At the end of the day. I was just going to say, you do loads of, all the listeners, there was the poker night. When I rang you the other night, you were going somewhere. There's loads, you do, lo- you lot do loads of stuff. <laughs> yeah, we do a lot. We do a lot of events. Yeah, absolutely. That's the nature of some of the, us being in the business. We are constantly interacting with clients as well, but we also like to, I like to take the team out individually and get them together as well. So yeah, we do quite a bit of things, but it's hard for the guys up. I have guys up in Virginia or Denver. I fly them in to do some events together so they can get a sense of that the, that family, right? Did I see a rally? Did I see a rally online somewhere? Did got yeah, we're going, we are going to do an event called Rally Ready. Yeah, yeah. We're going to put us in cars and actually let us do some rally racing. That should be interesting yeah yeah yeah, yeah. we we'll just, just just don't hack them yeah don't hack the cars <laughs> don't put vulnerabilities in them <laughs> <laughs> all right mate cool listen uh, yeah no the events are good I, th- I think yeah like i said i think stuff like this is just the, the importance has just got bigger and bigger since remote working and and i agree mate. And, and at the junior end i, I do think having at least some on site or all on site i, I do think it, it matters because they need that um I know mentoring is a big thing to you, and we talked about that before. You really like to to mentor and really develop people. In fact, on that note, I, I wasn't even going to ask this, but I will do. I know from conversations we've had on the phone, you, you do like mentoring people. You like developing people, helping them progress. Have you got any tips for people listening about how to do that? What's the most effective way? If if, if people have got juniors on the team that are struggling, any hints, tips, ad, ad, advice for people there, mate? Yeah. So when anyone comes to, it doesn't matter is junior or senior, really consulting is a different type of mindset and work. So any, anyone new is normally we pair them up with somebody, but in, in, in a junior's case, we definitely assign a mentor. And, and that also comes from there. Not everybody wants to be a mentor. So it's one of those things that mm-hmm. once you have people that want to teach, want to mentor you, you find those guys and then you pair them up with some of the junior guys and that's work pretty successfully here. I personally mentored quite a few guys that were not even in IT and they started from the bottom and now they're really successful engineers at the senior level where I guided them, really pointed them in the right direction. And as long as you work, as they, they work really hard and that's what I'm looking for is you taking my advice and you, you're actually putting in the work. You got to put in the work. That's so important. Yeah, and and, and you know, one one thing I just want to pick up there is like you you mentioned hard work. I honestly think it just goes so far. I, I'm not saying it's ideal for people to make mistakes and stuff, but even if someone perhaps isn't progressing as quick as, as maybe a rock star, if they're coming up, they're showing up, and they're really putting the effort in. Naturally, as a mentor, that's reciprocated, isn't it? It, it does make Absolutely. a difference. That yeah, it makes a difference. And, and as a better reckon, we can we can tell when you come up with an issue uh, when you come to me, you've already f- tried a number of things and you're telling me what you've tried and different yeah. in your thought process that tells me you've put some thought into this you've already tried banging your head against it and yeah i'm 
yeah, absolutely. Then I'm going to try to put in the work with you and help you through what issue you're you're coming up against. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, mate. Thanks for that. And look, for for everyone listening, one thing that Azeeb just said there as well is make sure you take the advice. And I think that's, I think that's such a good, a big point because look, I, I know mate from, again, from convos we've had, you're well up for mentoring people, but also I know from being in recruitment for a long time, not everyone's like that. Some people literally want the finished article. That's it. There's no, none of it is find me someone with 10 years experience. No, less. and I, I know that you are up for developing people and stuff like that. So I think for everyone listening, when you do, come across someone like that who's up for giving back and really helping i think take the advice is key because i know you're a busy chap for but i can imagine if if you're helping someone and you're mentoring someone and they're not taking advice i can, I can imagine it gets pretty frustrating pretty quickly but, it's just reinforcement and uh, yeah yeah no definitely mate and cool thanks for also organizational culture right that's something when you're looking for a job you look at that as well yeah cool so basically so so if i'm a if i'm a junior joining or, or a mid or a senior i get assigned a a mentor that's pre-agreed internally by yourself and the management team is that how it would work yeah yeah if you're a senior it's just really about you know, showing you around showing the ropes how we do business that kind of stuff how how everything's done but when for the junior guy then it'll be more They'll be more around the training and helping them, and hopefully they'll they'll build a relationship, right, and be that mentorship kind of thing down the line, long the long road, right? Because we, in our organization, we want to keep the guys here long term. Um, yeah. We want to grow them up from if we can if we get them as juniors. We want to grow them up to be seniors and keep them here long term. Mm-hmm. That's the idea in 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 our world. I, I just think on that long, t- I think it's better for, for people coming in. I think it's better for you. I think if, if I think about it, it just makes logical sense. It's, it's, again, it's the same with what I do. If you've got long-term clients, you get to know each other, you get to trust each other. It's the same with any partnership or relationship. It It's mutually, mutually beneficial. But I see we briefly spoke about learning resources. We mentioned Portswigger Web Academy. What learning resources have you found probably online learning resources have you found the most useful for your career recently or, or even as a whole? So everyone learns a little differently as I've worked with my team, right? Uh, I learn my preferred method is hands-on. I like to break things as it were, right? Get my hands on it. You go through the theoretical, but then I actually like to do the things and also look at how it's not supposed to work as well at times and figure out the different things that think can work together that's my I, I like to lab things up that's how i learn but i've got resources here for things like a cloud group Pluralsight. we send people out for certifications and training for different things depending on their trajectory right so where they want to go now ultimately I, I want people to be happy i want them to enjoy their work that's that's the learning path i try to put them on towards what do you enjoy working with because i enjoy i for the most part, I've enjoyed the work I've done throughout my career. Yeah, That's yeah. why I'm here, right? Yeah, yeah, cool. Did you just say? Did you just say lab up or build a lab? Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah. Build yeah. A lab. I mean, lab things. If you're working yeah. and testing, doing container stuff, right? But yeah. put it all together, see how it works, break it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. cool, cool. What? Um, I think that I think the lab piece. I think having a. I think having a lab at home lab. I, I agree. Really important. What do you say is the optimal way or the best way to to get a lab set up at home? Any recommendations or tips there? Like 
it depends on the resources you have, right? I, I have a couple of servers, right, that, that I put virtualization on and I can build stuff. But most people's hosts are so powerful these days, right? You can put VMware workstation and start throwing some VMs in your machine and lab stuff out. For networking, there's the emulators out there. You can use those to lab out, simulate network traffic and routing. There's a number of ways you can do it. I like to have some kind of resources that I can just spin up and do things. And fortunately, at Fulcrum, we have our own lab environment. Um, anyone can really spin up any anything they want to learn. They just spin it up here and start playing around with it, really. Cool. Are the labs, uh, are the labs pretty heavy-hitting labs, the ones on site? Are they pretty good? Yeah, they're pretty decent. <laughs> I got a guy in, that works for me that has... 40 gig network at the house. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. God. You mentioned there about you like breaking things. You essentially said that you're very curious and stuff like that. And I know curiosity is like an essential character trait. Certainly. And I think of pretty much any cybersecurity professional, especially hacking and offensive security, stuff like that. And I know, like I say, you've done some, you've done, you've got a strong networking background. You've been in offensive security. Obviously the booty stuff is on the defensive side. What the question is, see, what um, what personality traits and characteristics? What do you think? What traits and characteristics do you think are essential for progressing well and doing well in in our in, in this industry in our industry? That's a little bit of a loaded question because it depends on the job role because it takes all all types. There's people in ops that that need to process tickets, but. But yeah, in, in, in our industry, in the consulting side, where we're trying to solve problems, it's really around curiosity is pretty big. We need to peel back the covers and ask the question, why? Mm -hmm. If something happens, why is it happening that way? What's making that happen that way? Is it, and that also leads into us being better detection engineers as well as offensive guys, right? Because we're understanding the protocols or the application stack and peeling back the layers and figuring out, oh, well, they're doing this under the covers. So if I do this, then this will happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, cool. And we've mentioned about mentors being a really, um, really key part of, of Fulcrum. Obviously, if I'm in Fulcrum, I've got a mentor. I've, met, I've maybe got access to you to, to, to a certain extent, and I've got access to my assigned mentor. But if I'm listening and I haven't got a mentor at work, is there any tips for getting one or how to approach one or different ways? Yeah, essentially different ways that I could get a mentor if I really want one, but I haven't got one. Any tips there? Yeah, there's, there's normally uh, various communities out there that gather around different, I, even IT security so broad, there's normally little communities that, once you find something that you're interested in, let's take offensive security or defensive security. There's normally little mm -hmm. gather groups, right? Meets or whatever. Once you start getting involved in those, you normally can find someone that's um, willing to give you advice. And it just starts by asking questions and seeing who's available to help answer those questions for you. Being cool, curious, cool. right? Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. I see what, see, you're in a leadership role now, Le leadership, is a lot different from being in the weeds or being on the tools, as it were. What what advice have you got for people that are listening that are maybe progressing into a leadership role or maybe they've got into a leadership role, but they're finding it hard? Any tips, hints, advice for people listening on the leadership front, my friend? Yeah, be patient. And you got to make sure you understand the business side of things as well as the te technical side of things and there's normally a happy medium and then also mm. you gotta 
think a little strategically around how a little down the road about the things that give you the visibility you need, as well as making sure you're hitting the milestones you want to. Yeah, cool. You know, you said balance there. Do you mean, so if I'm like reverse engineering malware all day, I can't be amazing at that and probably be amazing at communication and probably be an amazing leader and probably be managing the team. So you've got to probably balance. If you're going to be a good leader and a good manager, you've probably got to maybe accept the fact that there's, there's, you're going to be a more well-rounded, but you might not, you, you can't be in the weeds as someone that, that's on the tools all day and you, you need to ex, ex, accept that. And it might be quite tricky. Is that what you're getting at? Yeah, especially someone that likes to work in the tech, it's hard to step away sometimes. It sometimes requires us to step away to do, I think, a little more high level, the overall picture, right? Yeah, cool. And it's, and the patience, is that is that just being patient with people that are picking stuff up and, and, and learning stuff? Absolutely. Everyone's a yeah. part, Everyone's going through their own journeys, right? So. And um, in, in, in this market, I see some, I know from my own client base, like some clients have stopped pushing forward altogether some are hiring quite aggressively some are somewhere in the middle some are waiting to see what happens but it's a bit of a strange market at the minute what what do you think the reason is that some firms are, are killing it seem to be doing pretty well like especially some smaller firms and pushing on and some are struggling do you think there's any reasons behind that it might be a, a tricky one to answer but I just thought i'd get your thoughts on the market yeah, at a high level, right? Uh, this is interest rates is really high. People are not borrowing money, so no, they're not really investing in new projects. They're trying to cut their own staffing to be flexible. So that's one of the reasons why our MSSP and MSP have actually had success because they're bringing us in to do some of that to give them flexibility. But yeah, then people, um, generally speaking, people are not spending right now. They don't want to borrow money. And if they, even if they've been making money, they want to be saving that money right now just for rainy days because they don't want to borrow because it's such a high marker to go borrow. So until we see that decline in interest rates, I don't see that changing right now. Yeah, yeah. That's a really interesting point. So basically people are on the MSSP side, people are, people are bringing in that because it's it's essentially outsourcing it and it's less liability for them less liability on the on their balance sheet and, and less less perceived risk i compare this to contract recruiting as well because we we see an uptick on the contracting side as well so that, is that kind of what you're seeing people are, they yeah. can also easily flex up and flex down right so mm. they can mm. increase scope decrease scope allow us to do more allow us to do less so it gives them that flexibility if they need to mm. cut back spending for what reason they can have some levers, some more levers to be able to do that, right? That's yeah. more of a business side of things, right? That's driving all that. Hmm. Some, so I would say out of all my guests, I've had a slant more towards offensive. I know you've got experience on the offensive and defensive mm-hmm. um, side. Any kind of advice for people on that? We'll start on the blue team because I, I tend to always lean on the, on, on the red team and I need to do more for the blue team listeners. So any kind of career progression tips for, for, for blue teamers or any particular roles within blue teaming that you think are, are hottest at the minute or particular areas to focus on to enhance your career progression? Any insights there? They both play the yin and the yang, right? I felt like my offensive skill sets helped me with my defensive skill sets. When I was doing things like detection engineering or threat hunting, I would try to think of my attack paths or threat model through what I would do and try to identify uh, those kinds of activities. As far as hotness, there's 
just so much. I think right now everyone's pivoting to looking to secure identities and machine learning buzzwords and all that jazz. So yeah, interesting point. So your offensive, so having having the blue and the red team skills, offensive and defensive, yeah, massively helps. Yeah, I felt like it made me more effective on both sides of the train, right? Yeah. By the way, which do you prefer? I like breaking stuff, so the offensive. And I've got an idea, but can you talk us through why? So having the having both sides of the coin. So how does it affect? How does it help you hack? And how does it help you defend? Can you just explain to the for anyone that's like a hardcore red team that's going? No, I just want a red team. Can we explain why it's advantageous? So from I just I think I went through what how if how the offensive helped me from a blue team right with the threat modeling and thinking through attack scenarios that I would run through because that's what I mean when I was doing offensive work. That's what I was thinking through right. Mm-hmm. I, I love the creativity from the offensive type that that creative license to find different attack paths right. But that opened my mind to the to the blue but from the red side what it, allow, what it allows me to do is understand what those how people are detecting certain scenarios and when i'm trying to do when we're trying to be very silent and get past your adversary which is in this term your the the sock or the blue team right you, you have an understanding of how they're detecting how the different tools work how they what they're detecting how you can bypass them it gives you a better understanding of what's going on so you can then bypass their detection capabilities right yeah cool mate cool and you mentioned you've mentioned looking at attack paths or reverse engineering attack paths a couple of times now so that is that something that's really helped any thoughts on that is there any anywhere where you where we can go to check out attack paths or are you just looking yeah it's like the mitre right that's that's the threat modeling right that's the basic nomenclature these days they from a that, that's how they're mapping uh, other attack paths right, mm-hmm. right. to do the threat modeling. They're using the MITRE attack framework for the most mm-hmm. part. Most organizations have adopted that. So yeah, I'll check out that and yeah. Yeah, cool. So yeah, having yeah, so having the experience on both sides definitely makes you more of a well-rounded... Because uh, it it, I, I always worry whenever, if I ever interview a red team and he or she is just hardcore kind of red team only, that's always a worry because let's say, how, how are you going to stay stealthy? No, they they adopt their tradecrafts and they they do their own research. It just it was more effective for me at least knowing both sides. It helped me quite a lot. I I thought, yeah, at least yeah, cool man, cool. And I know we spoke on off air about podcasts and stuff like that. Is there anything, any podcasts or anything like that at all that have had a uh, had a decent effect on your career? I know you like to switch off from infosec, don't you? A little bit. I'm I'm more into the sports side of the when I'm when I'm driving home or something. I'm, Switching on, uh, listening to a little more sports type, my Premier League or basketball, football, <laughs> getting yeah, catching yeah, up no, on that funny. side of things. Oh, you, you meant to say this podcast. You meant to say I listen to this podcast on the okay, way home. Yeah, and this one, yeah. That's exactly right. <laughs> All right, mate. All right, mate. So, Bully, ideal scenario, where's Bully going to be in five, ten years? Hopefully protecting lots and lots of organizations. <laughs> yeah, that's the hope, at least solving the problem of just making the stock more efficient in their detection capabilities and identifying threats yeah yeah cool mate and just another one to see i know in in texas you guys are, are, are really lucky there and the, in in the sense that there's a lot going on there's there's like loads of events there and there's i i see that many events popping up what ones 
would you say what are the best ones what ones have you been to that you can for and say that they're, they're really going to help in terms of career progression any kind of local knowledge there on the networking events in texas no, there's tons of B-sides, the security B-sides. They have one in Austin. We have one in Houston, a conference called HUSECCON. That's normally pretty good. Obviously, there's a Black Hat at DEF CON. And there's, there, there's a number of, but wherever you live, there's normally some local grouping of events, some kind of B-sides going on. I'll try to attend those. Mm. Yeah, 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 cool. And for juniors as well, I just think it's that, I think that's so important for them to attend, get that FaceTime, meet people. Would you agree with that? Is there anything they could be kind of learning from you on, on, on there for juniors trying to break in? Yeah. Also, you're gaining knowledge where when you go into these things, it normally talks about what's going on within different organizations that people are talking about how they're implementing new solutions or how they're architecting, how they're securing different uh, facets of their uh, IT infrastructure just helps gain gain different types of knowledge so as long as you're learning you keep going yeah definitely mate and then as we come to the end here i said i won't i'll try not to keep you too long because i know you're a busy chap on the social engineering side social engineering feels like such a hot topic at the minute with vegas and uh, and and stuff like that is there any hints or tips you've got uh, advice for the listeners that try trying to refine their social engineering skills it's such a i feel like it's such a big attack vector at the minute and stuff like that any thoughts there about conducting social engineering or yeah yeah, yeah. any tip yeah well, both actually any, any <laughs> tips for getting better at it and any tips for spotting it <laughs> just ask and they'll give typically <laughs> not as easy as that it's not that bad is it unless they're, unless they're casinos in vegas <laughs> call call a support guy ask him for the password ask him <laughs> tell him your support ask him for password see what happens <laughs> don't, don't do that you might get in trouble yeah exactly yeah yeah you there's some new even with the mfas with the that the, the hijacking of session tokens I, my offensive team pretty much yeah mfa whatever they they're pretty much hijacking tokens these days and bypassing mfa altogether so yeah it's one of those things or detections in place that can identify some of those things so and staying on top of it from the offensive side uh, just be creative it's you, yeah, with that kind of attack path, there, there's so there, it's limitless from the amount of different avenues you might have to go. Drop USBs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, and it's again, like you say, it's just so hard to defend against, and obviously training and stuff like that. But even then, it's it, it, it is tough. Any advice on certifications? I know they're not be all and end all for you, but any final thoughts on that? Yeah, the cert. I know a lot of orgs like certs. For me, it's that you can actually, I put all my candidates through labs because, and then I watch, then it's not a hard lab. I like to watch and see their thought process, but there are some certs that from the offensive side, I like the OSCP. It it provides, a, it's more the foundational certs, right? Because that's what we try to teach here uh, really is to start by understanding foundational layers of technology. And then from there, pretty much pick up anything, right? Mm-hmm. Cool. Listen, mate, if you've got a if you've got a fly, I'll I'll let you go. Thanks for your time, buddy, and yeah. I'm sure we'll speak soon. All right, sounds good. Thank All you. Right, thank you. Yeah, bye, mate. Bye. bye, buddy.